Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2016. Jim here with you. I have Dave on in just a second. Just want to remind everyone about the homepage, NGSCSports.com. Again, it is the place where we never stop. Visit the site for all of the written content. Check out the bonus coverage there. We have all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network. You can just hear them there. You can check out some of the videos or also go to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app and search NGSC. You can podcast our show, Huddle Up Podcast, directly by going to iTunes or Android. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. If you do subscribe to us on iTunes, we know we have some out there. Make sure you rate uh, and review us. I think we've earned five stars over this course of this season, so make sure you do that. We'd greatly appreciate that. Get some more... uh, Get some more listeners out there. You can follow us on social media. Go to facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. I am on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at D Gerhardt. That is at D G E R H A R T 024. Uh, I am also on tw- on Instagram at Big Jim Sports. So make sure you do all of that. And guys, it is very important to you uh, subscribe to the show. We would appreciate that and uh, keep spreading the word about this show again we'd appreciate it and uh let's get dave in here dave good wednesday evening to you buddy how are you i'm doing all right big jim uh it's been a a wonderful day at work to say the least and uh now we get to talk some ball so the days uh the day's looking up finally it's uh 9 30 at night and it took a while till it was a good day but uh finally here man yeah absolutely uh and of course as uh we are almost sure that this first topic of discussion is gonna uh i think garner some reaction from people if they want to get involved you can do that 401-347-0613 and then enter pin 29312 again that number 401-347-0613 and use pin 29 29- 
312 uh, to get involved and uh, to talk about the show, uh, to talk on the show about what we're talking about. Uh, obviously, we're going to start, Dave, um, in the uh, in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, they came out Sunday afternoon, uh, just before the NFL kicked off, uh, is when the rankings actually dropped. So uh, here they are. Uh, I will go over the top 10. Uh, obviously, the top four, five, and six uh, are going to be the the main point of discussion. But here we are: number one, Alabama at thirteen and zero; number two, Clemson twelve and one; number three, Ohio State eleven and one; number four, Washington twelve and one; number five, Penn State eleven and two; number six, Michigan ten and two; number seven, Oklahoma ten and two; number eight, Wisconsin ten and three; number nine, USC, that is Southern California. Nine and three, and Colorado at ten and three checks in at number ten. So there it is. You have your uh, your semifinal matchups will be Washington versus Alabama and Ohio State versus Clemson. Uh, obviously, missing out on the playoff fun is uh, is Penn State at five, Michigan at six, uh, and the, those those are the uh, those are the ones of. Probably most uh, discussion and most uh, in, intrigue and, and all of that as we uh, as we look at these rankings, Dave. Where in this top fo- top five, top six, um, do you want to start? I think the the first thing um, I want to touch on. I know it'll make you happy, um, but I think the first thing that we need to touch on is the fact that this is the first time that a non conference champion has been in the top four. Um, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, um, I think you can make the case either way. That's not something we need to argue. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Uh, I know I've been arguing against Ohio State before Penn State, but that was uh, – I have to get you set up, and it, it kind of worked <laughs> a little bit. But um, I, I think you can make the case for this Ohio State team. Um, they, they did – the thing that's interesting, and I'll go into my second point here, in that um, you, you rewarded a Washington team – with a weak non-conference schedule. I think there was only, I think I saw that there was only one team on uh, FBS that had a weaker non-conference schedule than Washington. Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, throwing that out there. Um, so it's kind of an interesting, um, an interesting logic that the committee has used here. Um, one that's, we're going to be able to debate for a long amount of time. Um, Cause you put Ohio state in not winning a conference championship because of their non-conference schedule. And then you have given Washington, the four seed over Penn State, because they went undefeated in their conference schedule, and Penn State lost to Pittsburgh in their non-conference schedule. Um, again, it's an interesting proposition, and in what the committee has uh, discovered here. But if I'm an athletic director, I'm taking uh, I'm taking keen note on this, and I'm not saying I'm adjusting my schedule that I've already made, but it's definitely factoring into my schedule going forward. Um, you have to factor this in as an athletic director because if you schedule three cupcakes that you win, you run your conference, you win your title, you're in if you're one of the big five because there's not going to be that many teams that do it, in all honesty. Um, so it's an interesting uh, dynamic, to say the least, that has been, uh, I don't want to say it's been built, but that has been created by this. So that's my initial take on it, regardless of the four teams that are in or not. Um, that's my initial take on it. So, uh, how about yourself, there, Jimbo? Well, touching on on what, what, what you mentioned, and and I've seen a lot of that reaction of 
uh, you know, ADs can can start looking at scheduling easier teams. And but I think this has been a very odd year for college football because yes, you have the first time, and again, this is a very small sample size, and I think that's something to be remembered as well. But in the small sample size of the college football playoff that we have, this is the first time that there's a non-conference champion. However, if you put Penn State in over Ohio State, it's the first time that a two-loss team would have gotten in. And there we'd be having similar discussions of, um, yes, Penn State won, uh, they beat Ohio State, they won the conference, but you know we, we've all kind of admitted over the past month and a half that that was... I mean, not taking anything away from Penn State or what they've done, especially since then, but that that was kind of a fluky night, um, you know. So, were, were they were they really the better team, or did they win on a Saturday in October? That also, you know, we we've debated over time. So it's not something I'm going to get back into the specifics of that game, but I think it's it's just an odd year for college football when you look at it. Um, you know, you have four one-loss team, or excuse me, three one-loss teams, one undefeated team, and then there's you know a, a, a smaller number of two-loss teams, and you're getting into three-loss teams. Like you know, just based on these rankings, you know, if, if this was an eight-team playoff, you'd have a three-loss team in there, which I don't know that you'd get every single year. So I I, I get the reaction from people saying, oh, if I'm you know I can start scheduling cupcakes. Um, you know, they, they rewarded Washington for having an easy out of conference schedule, but I know one thing they touched on, on the, on, uh, the, uh, re- reveal show on ESPN is that, um, Washington's conference, uh, and their division was the second hardest division, uh, in all of college football. So, um, does that kind of counterbalance the out of conference schedule? You know, that that's up for debate as well. Um, I think Washington. Well, Jim, I, Jim, I'd like to I'd like to touch on that a second. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know that I agree. And again, I I, I haven't looked at it in depth, so I'm kind of speaking tongue in cheek here. But um, I I don't know that I agree with them saying that wa- that Washington is the second toughest division. I mean, you have to factor in in my eyes. You have a w- w- would you rather have a a division that has three that has two absolutely tough games. Um, in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you got to play two of those. And then you have arguably a couple cupcakes in there and then two competitive teams. Or would you rather have, I don't know, six, eight, six or eight of your games be competitive like the Indiana type, that you could lose Indiana, Iowa type, that you could lose any one of those games without an issue. Uh, and you ha- I, I don't know which one is better or which one is harder um, obviously the one with all the mediocre teams and mediocre being the middle of the road teams with a couple decent teams in there would be your Pac-12. Or you have the Big Ten that you have you have three teams in the top six of the final rankings. Uh, and then you have three teams that are probably in the, the lower 20, 30, 40 of the rankings. So, I mean, I don't know. If I'm a coach, I don't know which one I would rather have in all honesty. Right, I mean, I, I think I think that was based off of uh, a a um, grouping of of like computer rankings and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's it's everybody's going to pick and choose stats and uh, you know what what stats they get where to kind of make a certain point. Um, I I thought uh, I I kind of thought I mean my top four when when the games played out uh, Sunday morning. I think well, I might have even posted them Saturday night. 
but uh, you know, and I, I held firm to him Sunday morning. Was my top four was Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Washington, Clemson. I actually had Clemson at four. Uh, so I mean, I got the teams right. The 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 actual uh, positioning was wrong. But I you know I think you know especially given the when Washington lost to USC, um, to me, and and you know wasn't by blowout fashion. I don't believe, but. You know, you, you, you look at that team, I think Washington was, was, was fairly com- complete across the board. Um, you know, I, 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 all I know is I, I look at this, and I, I'm, not, I'm not going to play the, you know, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to say that, you know, oh, teams can get away with, with scheduling cupcakes or, um, you know, the, 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 the committee got it so wrong or so right or whatever. You know, I, I, do I personally think that the committee got this one right? Yes, I do. Um you know, do, do I, and I, I have my fun, but you know, if I'm sitting, if I, if I'm, if Notre Dame is sitting at the spot where Penn state is and, and I'm, you know, obviously Notre Dame's not in a conference, but if, you know, Notre Dame has, a has, uh, beaten a team that is in the top four and they don't get in, you know, I'm going to be as mad as Penn state fans. So yes, I'm having fun with them, but I sympathize with the, uh, with the frustration. I get it. Um, I, I just think that, you know, I mean, Penn State dramatically overachieved, and and I'm not, I'm taking nothing away from them. I actually think that, in in a small way, the committee did them a little bit of favor. I mean, everybody wants to get in, but this is just my take on it: is you're now in a situation where, you know, I think it could be a decent matchup with USC. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think that there, I think it is a decent matchup. I think if Penn State gets in that number four spot, it's going to be ugly against Alabama. It is just going to be downright ugly against Alabama. So, you know, in a way, you know, now you're now you're hoping Ohio State loses, uh, whether it's to Clemson or in the national title game, uh, because Penn State has a chance if they win to end up higher than uh, Ohio State in the final rankings, potentially even up as high as number three, depending the way things shake out. So, I, I think in a way, Penn, you know, and this is easy for me to say, Penn State fans should be happy. Um, you know, Michigan fans, there's, no, the, you know, there's no gripe because, you know, you didn't get the help you needed this past Saturday. Um, you know, for Ohio State fans, you know, they're happy as hell. You know, they got in. Um, you know, now, now the now for them, you have to prove that you deserve to be there. You know, if they go out and they get get trounced by Clemson, then this whole thing gets even muddier. Uh, Washington, you just have to hope to keep it close. And I personally think that game will be closer than people uh, than, than people think it will be. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the committee got it right. But I'm not going to overreact because I do think that this year has just kind of been a really weird year. Um, now, if, if, if you know we go through three or four more years and it's still a – which I, I think eventually it's going to change to an 18 playoff. I absolutely do. But if it stays a 14 playoff, if a couple more years down the road we have another instance or two of a conference champion not getting in, or a, you know a team a conference champion beat being above them and getting in, and the champion doesn't, then things might get a little bit a little get a little bit more muddled up. But I, I I don't want to overreact to what has been just kind of a very strange year in college football. Yeah, Jim, I, I mean, I can agree with that. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up, um, I, I think I, I, I want to, I don't want to say I want to lash out at the committee, 
but dropping Ohio State from two to three was the most pointless thing I've ever seen in my life. Congratulations, you moved from a two to a three, and you have the same damn opponent. Um, if you're going to drop them at all, you have to drop them to number four for not playing. And I know that's going to stir you a little bit, but if you're going to if, if you're going to drop them, you have to majorly drop them since the teams below them won. Um, my opinion again, but uh, the, the teams below you got an extra game, and both both Clemson and um, Washington, I believe, beat top teams in the top 25. I think they might have been in the top 20. I'm not sure where Virginia Tech was ranked. But uh, these are quality wins that they can add to their resume here. And I think it's something that uh, um, I, I think you have to – I don't want to say you reward the other teams for winning their conference, but that's how you reward them for putting that extra game on their, on their schedule and um, beating a ranked opponent. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, Jim? I mean, I, I think to me it was uh, – it wasn't even – to me coming down on Selection Sunday, and I know you and I went at it and a couple other people on Twitter and I had some uh, nice discussions to say the least. But uh, coming down on Selection Sunday, it wasn't between Washington and Penn State. It was. It should have been between Ohio State and Penn State, uh, in my eyes. Again, take it for what it's worth. But uh, I, I think it's. Uh, I think the committee should have dropped Ohio State to number four um, if they wanted them in still. And I think they should be playing Alabama this week. Um, I do think. Agree with you. Um, that hurts me to say out loud, but I think I agree with you that uh, Washington is going to give Alabama a run for their money. Um, but we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I do think that Clemson should have been, I don't want to say punished harsher, um, but the other teams should have been rewarded more for their uh, their victory over over the teams that they play. I mean, how do you move Clemson up for beating Virginia Tech, who was 20th, we'll call it, for lack of better memory on my part, but uh, you I don't think, move I Washington think they were, up at all? I think they were 15. I think I think Virginia okay. Tech was 15. They, they felt... Uh, um, they fell to 22nd. I think they were like 15, 16, but regardless. But how do you, how do you, how do you not move Washington up after they trounced Colorado, which I believe was eight going in, nine? Um, and, I mean, Clemson was in a close game. I mean, it, it came down to the last possession type thing, and they get rewarded for winning, but Washington doesn't? That's a little interesting to me. Well, I, I I will agree with you this that moving Ohio State from two to three is 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 pointless because we've talked about all year, um, you know, because there's been fan bases all year that oh we should be two and you know two and three don't it make, doesn't make any difference really it doesn't because two and three you're on a neutral site you know what the the number two team gets to pick if they wear the dark uniforms or the white uniforms. Is that is you that to call the, the coin flip, man? Oh, that's right. Okay, so you get to call the coin flip, but okay, but regardless, two and three really doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, I did a I did a spot on uh, Nick Ficarelli's uh, the Mad Scientist Sports Lab uh, on Saturday night, and and obviously we got into a lot of discussion. This was um, at eleven uh, eleven p.m. to to midnight Eastern time, so it was as the the eight o'clock games were were winding up, so. Kind of got some real time reaction uh, to uh, the Penn State win and things like that, and the discussion came up. And and really, as as we were talking about all of this, the the concern was that Washington was kind of was going to get bumped out because here's the thing, and 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 for whatever reason, um, you know, you know, passionate as people are about college football, the West Coast, the Pac-12, kind of gets forgotten about. Uh, the majority of their games, because I mean, if you you know you think about it, unless they're playing a noon game, uh, which starts at three o'clock here, or 
uh, like a seven o'clock game or start around like you know three thirty four o'clock here. Uh, a lot of times those games out west get forgotten because they're only kicking off at ten ten thirty, and people are you know people are going to bed, people are you know out uh, having libations on a Saturday night. It happens. Uh, so a lot of times people kind of forget about what happens out there, and they're not necessarily watching these games. And uh, that probably might even go for some people on the committee. Um, it's been debated, but whether people want to admit it or not, um, there's probably people on the committee that have maybe only watched a handful of, uh, of Pac-12 games. So the, the fear was, and we were talking about it, and the more we talked about it on Saturday night, I'm going, son of a bitch, Washington's going to get bumped out because I, I didn't think that they were going to move Ohio State down. Um, there's certainly a case for it, obviously, because they were stagnant. Um, the reason I had Clemson at four was because they've had, uh, some of these close games, uh, including again on, on Saturday night. And I'm not, you know, saying there's anything necessarily wrong with it because, you know, they're, they're playing a, a Virginia tech team that, that was in the top 20. So, um, but you know, Washington, they didn't, they didn't move. You're right. They didn't move. Uh, despite, you know, beating a team that what was number, what was Colorado? Like number they were eight? eight or, they yeah. were eight or nine. Right. They're in the top 10 and they, and they trounced them. But again, I didn't always used to believe in the West coast bias, but, but there's part of me that kind of believes that, that to a degree, at least that it's true that they kind of do for get forgotten out on the West coast. So, um, that's why Washington didn't move up. That's why until I saw the graphic of the W at number four, I was I was really worried on Sunday. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sitting there watching this thing going, all right, number one's gonna be Alabama. Like, I don't know why they didn't just like throw the first three up there, because I think most most people and and uh you know, most people I think assume that the top three were going to be the top three, whether Ohio State and Clemson were flipped, I, I think people were unsure. But that, that number four, I think there was a play for two teams. You know, you had to have Michigan in the slight discussion, but again, they didn't get the help, and that's what hurt them. Jim, so, Jim, we're not going there with Michigan. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm just saying that. I, well, I'm, I'm making a firm statement that we aren't going there. So, but my whole argument is. I mean, I can mute you, and number- I can go there. That that's the beauty of having the controls. I'm going to choose not to. Um. But, but Jim, we're trying. We're trying to gain. We're trying to gain listeners. We're trying not trying to lose listeners. Oh, no one calls in to hear me. Oh, I see. I see how it is. Uh, I think we should try and get some of those callers though, because they had some fun with you last week, and I'm hoping they do the same again this week. But uh, oh, I'm up for it. I don't care. <laughs> again, throw out the number, and then I'll give. Throw out the number quick, and I'll give a uh, another comment on that. Then all right, the number again four zero one three four seven zero six one three, and the pin is two nine three one two. Uh, to to get your call in and make sure you bust Dave's balls uh, about this one, as uh, as we like to do. But no, I I just I, I think that hey, you're uh, done t- my comment time. You're done. T- oh, I'm sorry. So my my whole thing with the rankings, and we touched on this on Twitter a little bit. My my whole thing with the rankings the week before, you had Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Washington, with both Clemson and Washington playing top fifteen, top twenty teams. They were in with a win in my eyes. I mean, there's no way you're going to put not put Washington in. And so they beat number eight Colorado. You can't give Penn State enough credit for beating, I think it was number seven Wisconsin. They cannot, there's no way they can jump 
Washington on that. The only team that Penn State could have jumped was Ohio State. I mean, we, we were having that on Twitter, but I go back to the only, based on the previous rankings, the only way Penn State was getting in is if they jumped Ohio State. Was it a fluke win versus Ohio State? More than likely. But that's the only way that Penn State was going to get in is if Ohio, Ohio State fell to number five. Um, there, there, there's absolutely no chance that they were going to jump Washington because Washington beat Colorado by 40 out west, something like that. So, I mean, it, once I saw Ohio State at number two or number three, I knew Penn State wasn't getting in. I mean, this is just one of those. It's, it's, it, it wasn't something that the committee did this week with the rankings, but it's something the committee did last week with the rankings. And again, nothing against how the rankings were last week. It's probably how I would have ranked them last week. Um, but when, when, you have, when you have a Washington team in number four, they just beat the number eight team in the country and won their conference. How do you there, – there's no possible way that you can drop them. I mean, the only possible way you can drop them is, is if a number five, number six team knocks off a number one or a number two team, something like that. You've got to have a more impressive victory than beating the number eight team by, by 35, 40 points. And – and that wasn't available this week. Here's, so. here's a question, Dave. Did, did Penn State falling so far behind in the first half and then coming back uh, to, to win, did it help them or hurt them? To the committee, do you think? I, I, I don't know. In all honesty, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I can see that it helped them in the fact that it said that these guys play really good with their backs up against the wall and they're never out of a game. But I can also see where it hurt them because they're going to say, well, if this is Alabama and you're down 35 or 28-7, there's no way you're coming back. So I can see it either way. Um, I don't think it had much of an effect one way or the other. I mean, re- realistically, for Penn State to have a chance, they need to win that game in double digits. Um, I think I said that last week on the air, and I think you, you kind of agreed that for the Big Ten champ to have a, had a, have a chance, it's got to be a double-digit win. And um, I, 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 I don't think it hurt them. Um, but the, the thing with that game and – the thing with Penn State and the thing with USC and Penn State is Penn State has major issues stopping the run. The offense isn't a, isn't a question if they can pass the ball and if they give uh, McSorley time to pass the ball, but they cannot stop the run. I mean, Wisconsin just ran all over them, and they, they got themselves into one, one drive one, or one, one play a drive that put them behind the sticks, and they, they, the defense just preyed on them at that point. But um, – I, 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 so back to your original question, I really, really think that if Penn State scores again, whether it's a garbage time touchdown or not, and they win that game by 14, it looks completely different than what it actually was. Whether or not the game – I mean, you, you know as well as I do, a touchdown in the last two minutes when you're up seven means absolutely nothing. Right. But if, if, if they score there, that's a, that's a different meaning because then you're, oh, you beat the, you beat the number, number six team in the country by, by two touchdowns. Um, I don't know that it's enough to get them in still, in all honesty, but um, I, I don't think that there was much plus or negative one way or the other um, re- regarding the, the start and the finish for Penn State. I would say, if anything, it slightly helped them, but uh, I don't think it had much of an effect either way. Okay. No, I, I think the the the, the point I, I agreed with you last week was that it, it needed to be a, a – pretty convincing victory uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily put a number on it but but convincing and, and so I think I mean there's at least connotation there of at least 10 or more so and 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 they didn't do that uh yeah I mean I I think the one thing that um 
you know, obviously helped them get the win was was the ability to get some points uh, before the half. I think if they if they go into the half um, with it without getting the points that they did, uh, I think Wisconsin comes out. I think it's a whole different second half. Uh, so Penn State they, they they did what they had to do. Um, they they just I, I yeah didn't do it by enough points. Um, I. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I would again. I would love uh, to to n- know how the committee. I'd love to be a fly on the wall uh, in that room because I I want to. I'd love to know what the discussion is. Is it hey this team's really resilient, or you know the, the, you know this team they they're not going to have they're not going to be able like you said to uh, come back from from being down that to an Alabama team so we can't put them in. Uh, I, I don't know what the discussion is, um, and I, I'm torn on it too, Dave. To be 100 percent honest with you, because watching that first half, um, you know, I'm sitting there, and and I mean, obviously, I'm I'm loving it, and I'm not. Gonna... You were sitting there playing with yourself, like you're doing. <laughs> uh, no comment to to the specifics, but uh, I I you know I I was happy, I was enjoying it. I'm like this this is exactly what I wanted, and then when Penn State scored that late touchdown in the second, I went. Well, this just got a little more interesting. Then when Wisconsin came out and couldn't get anything done, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I was like, I look, I looked at my wife. I said, this thing's over, and it's not the way we want it to be over. Because I, I and then you saw, then you saw Dave mentioned you on Twitter. Dave mentioned you on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I watched the game. I watched it turning in that moment. I, I'm like, I know how this ends. I, you know, I. You watch football enough, you you have an idea of when that game turns 180 degrees, and that's exactly what it did. And to Penn State's credit, they they made the adjustments, they got the job done there, a second half team. Um, but again, not not by enough. Obviously, in in the the coming uh, probably next week, I think we'll we'll have the full breakdown of of the the bowl games. We'll go over a couple of them uh, that that kind of stand out to me and look kind of interesting, but. Um, you know th- this year, and and I know obviously you know the people say, well, if you exp- expand it to eight teams, then you know nine and ten are going to be mad about the argument. And in in terms of this, well, I I, I think that uh, you know USC should have been above Wisconsin, but again, that really doesn't make a damn bit of difference uh, at this point. Um, so you know it's it, no matter what, if you expand it to sixteen teams. There's going to be complaints, you know, if, if you know, because, you know, this year it was, uh, you know, West Virginia's at 16, Florida's at 17. There's going to be Florida fans going, well, we, we should be in, you know, the SEC is better than the Big 12, so we should be in. So there's always going to be that discussion. You're never going to be able to avoid that part of the, uh, the, the playoff selection process because even back when it was the BCS, there was arguments of, oh, the computers got it wrong, this and that. There's a, the thing I found funny is if there was people griping about uh, the the way the top four shook out, and they said, "Well, the BCS always got it right." And then there were there's a there's a Twitter account I forget the the actual Twitter account offhand, but it it uh, they has a has a picture and and then I know CBS Sports and then a bunch of other accounts picked up on it, but uh, if this were a BCS season, uh, the the top four especially the top two, obviously, national championship, would have played out exactly the same. Um, interesting. Yeah, Jim, um, I, I agree with that. Um, 
it's it's one of those no matter how I mean if you have it's the NCAA basketball tournament you have 64 teams you expanded to 68 number 69 and 70 are still pissed off right it, it doesn't matter how many teams you have whoever the last couple out are they're they're going to be bitter and they're always going to be making their cases and they're going to make their cases louder than the team in front of them um, it's just part of the way it is the the one the the one question I think would be interesting and I haven't done this I haven't seen it um, so if it's out there and you've seen it. Um, cool. But the one thing I think would be very interesting is if we broke down the stats, because they said these stats were used in their thing with all the, the offensive efficiencies, defensive, the, the hundreds of thousands of stats that they got. But my question is, did, did they break down these stats effectively? And, and the sheer fact that did they use the stats? Like, I don't care what the stats were when, when Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State played Rutgers. Throw those out of the equation. Right. They have no relevance. Did, did they appropriately use the stats when they were determining this stuff? And then the second thing that I think would be very interesting, and if, if Dave had his way and could do one thing with the college football selection committee, Dave would want a Vegas odds maker on the committee. Because, I mean, for the sheer fact, that I think it would be interesting if you've got the Vegas odd makers, odds makers power rankings. I mean, you have a guy that is running a casino – and, and going to take hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in bets on these power rankings, why are we not incorporating them or at least using their knowledge to help factor some of this? I mean, you, you, the, the, the tweet I saw from one of the odds makers out in Vegas said that Penn State would have been an underdog on a neutral field to nine or ten teams. Why, why, and I, I'm not saying that the odds makers' power make rankings are the end-all, be-all, right. but this would, be a, this would be an interesting voice to have in the room that A is not biased at all. This is solely a voice that's based on putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, I, do, I, do I think a Washington team should be in over a USC team? I, I, can, I can make the argument either way on that. Washington beat them straight up, of course. But some of these you can sit there and you can argue six different ways, and it, it would just be an interesting twist to the committee to put someone like that on that is a true unbiased opinion and uh, has some serious weight behind their opinion with uh, no, no affiliation to their opinion, really. And, I mean, if you go, you go odds maker to odds maker, and some of them might have Ohio State at 98. Some of them might have them at a 102, you know. But they're, they're going to be a consensus pretty close to the same opinion across the board on, on a team, generally speaking, for lack of better terms. But um, I think it would be interesting getting that type of an opinion with a power seat on the committee. But doesn't that doesn't that make the them admit to to I, I know that even though we know it exists the you know the the overwhelming majority want to try to not admit that that betting happens or that it happens on the scale that it does you know if you put that guy in that room do, doesn't that kind of uh you know so you know obviously there will be the argument there that you know, people are saying well you know this they're saying it's okay, and that you know this is a problem. There, there's there's going to be people griping about. It. I love the idea, quite frankly. I absolutely love the idea because you know we we always talk about who's the favorite, who's this. Well, where do you think those things come from? Like people, I, I you know, it's amazing how how people um, you know don't uh, don't don't think beyond just what they just what they see on a page sometimes. So um, I, I love the idea, Dave. I, I think it's a, it's an interesting idea. Will we ever see it? Probably not. <laughs> but uh, I, I certainly think that, that it's something that that could be, uh, 
you know, a huge player in, in what, in, in the way these things are put together and how they're put together and things like that. If that person is allowed uh, on that seat. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fascinating, Jim, if you're, if you're, if you're in Dave's shoes and you know, your top three are Alabama, Clemson and Washington based on them winning the championship game. And it comes down to number four, Ohio state, number five, Penn state. And you can say, okay, I, I think these teams are pretty, pretty even based on Penn state beating Ohio state, winning the conference championship, the division, um, but Ohio State has a tougher schedule. I'm really okay with either of these teams going. Committee kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, I agree. I, I can make the argument either way. The the odds maker in the room speaks up and says, well, if I had if I had Ohio State and Penn State playing on a neutral field, Ohio State is a 10-point favorite. And I'll take a million dollars worth of bets on that. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be nice to just have that little extra piece of information there? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So you know, it's it, it's definitely something that uh, that I've never I've never heard anybody really bring that up. So I think it's 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 nice that you did. Uh, the the last thing I have on this is is because this has obviously been a been a question of debate and and uh, obviously when you're talking about a top four and there's power five conferences, it's you can't really uh, have an automatic bid again as we saw this year, um, but. The the question then is if you move to eight, do the Power Five conferences get an automatic bid into the top eight if you know you know when if they when they win their conference? And the only thing I'll say on this is no, and and the reason why is because the reason why is because you have your Notre Dame glasses on. End of story. Well, no, because Notre Dame would would be an at large if they were in the in play, and. You know, if Notre Dame is is in the two loss discussion, they're probably going to be in that in that top eight. Um, so that has nothing to do with it. The reason I say no is, and and the the one that I cited, and I'm sure there'd be others if I actually took the time to go back and look at it. But the uh, the 2006 Orange Bowl saw Penn State take on a number 21, number 22 Florida State team. Who was only there? Who was only in in the uh, in the Big Four bowl games, as it were, because they won their conference. And I know that is probably only happens every handful of years, every five to ten, but it happens. So why would you reward a team that shouldn't be in that conversation just because they won a conference? What if the conference is just having an absolute terrible year? I say the reason that the playoffs are intact or or, the, or in play, the reason that we're having the playoff happen is because you want to you want to find out who the best team in college football is. So now, right now it's a top four. I think the best solution is to move it to a top eight and let it play out. You know, every other sport, you know, college, pro, they have a playoff. You find out who the best team is. Not necessarily the team with the best record, but you find out who the best team is because they're they're winning and they're playing better at that certain time. So find out who the best team is. I don't think automatic bids should should ever be in play. Uh, period. I I didn't like them when when we had the BCS. Okay, Jim. I gotta I gotta I gotta offer a counter argument here, and this is one that I don't have a real strong opinion on. So of course I'm taking the side against you. Of course. 
So you, you bring up other sports, you know, you, you, you bring up college basketball, baseball, football. You win, your, you win your conference, your division, whatever you call it, in these other sports, you're automatically into the playoffs. I know there's less teams. I know there's, there's more conferences, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still the concept. Um, my, my personal stance, and again, giving, giving the three minutes or so to, to think about it while you were blabbering on there, um, I would give the Power Five conferences an automatic berth into it, but I would do it with the exception. I don't know if that's an exception or with the standard that not only do the Power Five conferences get a berth in, but the highest ranked non-Power Five conference team gets in. So that would put some interesting other teams in to help grow their programs as well. And you can't tell me some of these non-Power Five conference teams wouldn't be um, competitive to an extent in some of these games. Um, I, I, again, I don't know that it is necessarily your best team per se, but these non, a lot of these non-Power 5 conference teams at the beginning of the year, they don't even have a chance in the, uh, in the power rankings. I mean, look at Western Michigan this year. They, 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 they ran their schedule, and I think they only had two games that they win, didn't win by double digits. Okay, so in in your scenario, where like let's take Western Michigan, they finish at fifteen. You're saying if it's an eighteen playoff, they get an automatic bid. Um, do you put them at eight? That's something you would have to decide. I mean, it, it, it all depends how you put them. I mean, you, you either do it that you do them um, the the first five or your Power Five champions. Number six is your. Your next, uh, you're at large um, as far as your next highest team that's not a power five, and then seven, eight are the next two highest teams. So essentially, you finish in the top seven of the rankings. You're all but guaranteed going. Um, again, essentially, there's there's exceptions, of course, but um, I I would like to see some of these other teams compete in the bowls here, or in these these power, you know, the the competitiveness or the the, the playoffs here. I mean, I, I think. I'm not saying Western Michigan is the best team in the country, but there, there's something to be said when you keep winning and you keep winning handedly. I know it's the Mac and everything, but this, this Western Michigan team's a, uh, a darn good football team. Now, do I think they could uh, compete with Alabama this year? Probably not, but they're good enough that they could give Alabama a, a run for their money for a little bit, I'd be willing to bet. Whether that little bit is two minutes into the game or it's two quarters or a half, I, I, I don't know. But I, I, and I there's a good chance they last longer than Florida did. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty true. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, it, it it would just be interesting, and and you never know what's happening. What would happen if you say, okay, Western Michigan, you're undefeated, you have one chance to prove yourself here, number eight versus number one. Go. Western Michigan has absolutely nothing to lose. They lose by fifty. You're going to be talking on the radio the next day, well, this is Western Michigan. This is exactly what we thought was going to happen, yada, yada, yada. But Western Michigan comes out there and, uh, and puts on a game and they lose by, they lose by 10, they, they, you know, last-second field goal, something along those lines. How many recruits are these, kids, these schools going to get? How much better is this going to make the game of college football in five, ten years? So um, the, the only other thing I'm going to throw in, and I'll let you come back on it then, is I saw this morning, and this is just shows how brilliant some of our, our, our fellow sports podcasters, announcers, all those yahoos are, is I believe it was Mike and Mike, and if it wasn't, I, I, will, I will apologize to them for this boneheaded comment. But they made a college football playoff prediction in the fact that they said that Alabama is going to be your national champion, and they're going to win both games by double digits. 
Jude. Thank you. Whoa. That's bold. Um, I mean, it's, not, it's so bold. It's almost like something that you would predict in college football. Oh, you mean like Navy beating Houston? Oh, congratulations. Every idiot finds one right once in a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to throw it out. Wait, didn't, I, didn't I get a good Tennessee one earlier in the year, too? Um, <laughs> but Can we uh, bring up the standings, or is it too early? Uh, let's not quite get there. Yeah, we're we're having we're still having fun, or I'm still having fun. Um, no, I don't think Alabama wins wins them that big. I mean, do I think the the favorite right now is 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 Alabama out of these four teams? Sure. Um, you know, and and if you were if you were making me pay, take a bet, Alabama or the field in the playoff, I would probably still take Alabama. But I don't think it's it's that much of a lock. I really don't. I think there I think Washington is going to give them going to give them trouble. Um, and uh, I think it could also, um, you know, I think either Clemson or the winner of Clemson Ohio State um, could could give them a run too. I mean, this Alabama team isn't perfect. We've talked in the past that you know they're not. Uh, not none of the teams are as good as as we've seen uh, in 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 recent years so it's going to be it's going to be a fun uh play of the of the top four uh and how this playoff uh does shake out so what now do you think of the uh the the non-power five there idea jim you, you for it you against it um i i think you I, I i don't like the idea of automatic bids and i mean i i've even been very vocal like the year that seattle went seven and nine um, and obviously ended up as a four seed in the in the um, in the playoffs because they were the NFC West champion. I thought, are you are you kidding me? Any team with a losing record should never make a playoff. And even times where you know in, in hockey, if they're you know, I I never like that the division winners um, you know automatically get the top three spots. Um, but I guess that's why they have the division championship. So I, I, I'm kind of torn on the thing. Um, I mean, I, and, and I think it would also depend on how you do it. I don't, I don't know that I like the idea of, uh, them necessarily getting into the number six spot because I mean, if, if we're just talking this year, you know, that would put, uh, you know, your, your, your top five, uh, and then, you know, if your power five teams, and then do you, you know, you're, you're telling me you put Western Michigan above Ohio state and Michigan. Uh, I don't think that's right, but do you automatically, uh, you know, feed those non-power five teams uh, to the Wolves by giving them the number one team in the country? Like this year, you would just throw Western Michigan at Alabama. Uh, so, I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, maybe it, maybe the maybe the catalyst to it or the 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 rule to it would have to be uh, they could get in if they're in the top. 10 of the of the normal rankings or so I don't know but I I'm not I'm not dismissing the idea because well, you're never going to get you're never going to get them that high though because I mean realistically speaking of the non power 5 teams or non power 5 conferences aside from probably Notre Dame when's the last time you saw a non I mean you have Boise that has snuck up there a couple times maybe TCU when they were in the other conference but when, when's the last time you saw serious talk about a non-Power 5 school. If you're, if you're going to give them the chance, and you, you 
you, it's got to be a yes or no. It's not going to be a caveat type thing because all the money that is on the other power five schools is going to prevent these, these other, these other teams from getting in. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I think of it from a bowl game okay, perspective. Maybe, okay, maybe not. Think in about it. the change. I think they'd have to they'd have to be over a certain maybe in the top twenty. Like this year, you know, Western Michigan got into the top twenty. I mean, like, I mean, what, are you going to put somebody in that that's not even in the top twenty five? I mean, it, it's and then that's where the you audit, have this, you have a power team, you have a non power five team every year that is. And I, I would be hard pressed to go back and not find one every year that's not in the top twenty five. I don't know this offhand, so if I'm wrong, go ahead and tell me. But I, I, I'm generalizing that you have a non power five team that's in the top twenty five every year. Um, I, I don't know that I do this from quality of the bowl game, but think about how this is going to affect recruiting if you get these. To, to me, I'm looking at it as more of a how is this going to affect things ten years down the road if you get these teams on these big games and big stages, performing or not, but. How many teams are going to look at it and say, wow, I like the type of offense they run, something along those lines, not teams, but players, recruits. And I, I like to see what happens and how it changes things. And, I mean, can you, can you imagine some of these? Um, I mean, think about Marshall when Randy Moss was there. Can you imagine Randy Moss going on national television playing against how, what, what, what that would do in a, in a college football playoff game? Yeah, sure. Can you imagine Nick Saban having to scheme to, to cover Randy Moss? I mean, yeah, I see, I, I see your point, uh, but you know how much better uh, is the Alabama pass rush than the teams that Marshall is playing? Uh, can they even get the ball off to Moss? Um, and you know, even though even wouldn't if, it be interesting to watch it happen though? It could be, or it could just be embarrassing. I mean, that 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 that's the well, other it side. Was your SEC title game, though. I mean, well, that was one versus seventeen, one well, versus fourteen. Well, that that goes back to conferences needing to realign, as we discussed last week, um, be, because you just have an answer for every one of my attempted arguments. Don't you hate things. that? I love it, but don't you hate <laughs> that? Uh, as as much as um, you know, as much as we we've had fun with the discussion, uh, we we do need to get to the uh, the the pickums and where we're at with that. So I'll kind of turn that over to you. And are we? I I, I guess Navy's in the top twenty five. So I guess we need to make. A, uh, a pick for this week, don't we? Well, well, Jim, um, first thing is first. <laughs> or does it not even West. matter? Because you had the brilliant idea of all the conference games counting as two points uh, to try and give you a chance. And you made the even bigger brilliant idea that if we pick the same team in the conference or the bowls, that I would get to set a point spread, a margin of victory on the fly for another point. Um, so your brilliant point spread idea gave me two extra points on you. Great. Um, I went, uh, we both picked Oklahoma and West Virginia. So we were both right on that. Uh, the last two top 25 games for the regular season. Um, that takes our, our regular season record. Uh, I had 197, right? Uh, 57 wrong. You had 176, right? And 78 wrong. So 22 game victory Ooh. for me there, I believe 25, 21. I don't know what it is. I can't read my writing, but go with it. Um, so with with that said, uh, there were there were eight conference championship games um, this weekend. Uh, congratulations, Jim! Eight conference championship games. Uh, you had the outstanding record of two and six, I believe, if I count right here on the fly. Um, 
Actually, I lied. You were three and five in the conference championship games. So uh, I, I want an outstanding um, seven and one, and I'm belaboring this as long as possible because I don't want to talk about the NFL. Um, but the point totals for the year, with all this being said, uh, including the bonuses and the double points for the uh, conference championship games, uh, we will not be reporting records going forward. It will just be point games. Um, I have 212 points. Uh, you are a whopping 30 points behind at 182 Ooh. points. Okay. Uh, so that means essentially uh, and it's a one-point game this weekend with Army and Navy, but uh, I'm assuming that we're both picking Army. Uh, kidding, Navy, of course. I was trying to trip you up there. Um, but assuming that Navy comes out and wins, but it seems like every time I pick them, they lose, <laughs> uh, you will have to go 10 games better than me in the bowl pick them in order to win. All right. Okay. I still so have you, faith. Well, actually, slightly less than 10 games because I think we said for the college football playoffs it was five games. But uh, yeah. you have a small glimmer of hope. But uh, it's fate. pretty pretty, uh, pretty dim light, but there is still a light lit for you. So um, as long as you don't uh, break wind or anything along those lines, you have life. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the there's still a a small beacon of light out there, not nearly as bright as my spotlight in the NFL. But yeah, no, it's uh, man, that that is quite the hill to climb for me. I I thought I would have done better this year in in college football, but you probably thought you were going to do I mean, better in the NFL. So I get my fun yeah, in I mean, the second. I mean, you still had half. a respectable year. You were sixty sixty eight percent. If I can read my chicken scratch for the year, so that's still. Hey, D's get D's get degrees. I mean, I mean that that's a passing grade. D's get degrees, and uh, but uh, you know, just it wasn't enough to get the job done against you during the uh, regular season. And you get your you you get your degree with your D, and I get the uh, the chicks with my C. So life is good, baby. (laughs) Very good. Yes, and I am we I am picking I am picking Navy. I'm not picking Army this week. So, um. Yeah, that, we head into bowl season with a 30-point lead. Let's see if we can hold on. There you go. Uh, with a, with just a couple minutes left here uh, before the break, um, is there any is there any bowl matchups, obviously outside of the playoffs, uh, that, that really jump off the page at you, Dave? Wow. Um, the, the one bowl that I'm strangely excited for, and I'll let you laugh at this once I tell you which one it is. I don't even know what bowl it is, in all honesty. But I'm very interested in this Houston team playing San Diego State. That would be the Las um, Vegas Bowl. Oh, fitting. <laughs> um, I, I'm very interested to see what this, this Houston team, A, um, if, if you're looking at this game, this is a game that you have to try and get some inside information on what the state of Houston is. Um, Houston's losing Tom Herman, obviously. Um, You've you got to figure out if this team even gives a shit, for lack of better terms, or if this is a game we're going to go collect our, our couple hundred thousand dollars for playing in the bowl, millions of dollars for playing in this bowl, and um, we're going to go home and we don't care if San Diego State beats us by, by, by 50 or 60, we're, we're going to get our money and go home. Um, to me, if Herman was staying, this line is six to eight points off in, uh, in, in Houston's favor. Houston is um, probably about a 10-point better team than San Diego State. Um, but I'll tell you right now, if I was looking to, to, to do anything right now, I, I, I really like the fact that I would be catching a field goal with uh, San Diego State at the moment. Um, I, again, I don't know. I'm not in a hurry to get anything on this game, but uh, 
this is a game that should be interesting. This is a vastly underrated San Diego State uh, San Diego State team. Uh, uh, they they are very very solid on both sides of the ball, and uh, I, I think that was a team that uh, beat this Wyoming team last week, and I think I picked San Diego State. So um, definitely a team I do like, and uh, it, it's just one of those uh, one of those interesting things with bowls. I mean, it's something you have to. When you're looking at your bowl pick em, Jim, uh, this is where you tune out and uh, you don't listen because this is how I'm going to continue to grow my lead. Um, <laughs> but when you're looking at bowl pick you have to consider, you have to look at uh, not only the coaches that are departing, but you have to look at the uh, the players that are departing too. Sure. I mean, you have uh, a perfect example with this is uh, Lenny Fournette with LSU. Uh, what, what is his mindset going into the bowl game? He goes into this bowl game and rushes for 200 yards it probably boosts him from a maybe 10-ish pick to maybe a top five pick potentially. The whole world's going to be watching this game. But at the same time, if he goes into this game and gets his name blown apart, what, what does that do for his draft stock? He goes from a number 10 pick to probably a 110 pick. And so, I mean, you have to, you have to get some, uh, I don't want to say inside information, but you really have to dig and uh, try and gauge what not only what, what the engagement of both the players and the coaches are for this game. So um, it's something you have to take into account, and that's uh, that's going to be something that I think the first time we see it's this uh, Houston San Diego State game. So Jimmy Boy, what uh, what bowl game are you looking forward to? Is, uh, it, uh, is it the one uh, Notre Dame's in? What a dick! Uh, the the two that that jump off the page to me are actually back to back on January second. Uh, the first one being the Cotton Bowl with uh western michigan and wisconsin uh it'll be really interesting to see um where this wisconsin team's at after blowing the lead they did in the big 10 championship and just where does western michigan stack up um you know against one of the the top 10 teams uh in the country uh and and you know if if you're if you're a person like yourself dave i think you're you you you're wishing for uh, Western Michigan to w- not only win but win big, win convincingly, um, because then that begins to kind of get that conversation going a little bit more about these, uh, you know, these Cinderella teams, if you will, uh, to get in the conversation. And then the Rose Bowl, um, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you give me Western Michigan's about a seven and a half point underdog right now, and I mean, this team is this is their Super Bowl. They're they're playing oh, the biggest game the last game absolutely. of the year. Absolutely. Um, quite frankly. Wisconsin just lost their Super Bowl. Yeah. So that you have team. I, I don't know that Wisconsin gets off the bus for this game and or the luxury RV or whatever it is. But, uh, <laughs> You're going to you find out how good of a coach they have. You're going to find out how good of a coach they have if he can get his team actually, um, you know, ready to play and actually give a damn about that game. Um, there, there's no question that the talent advantage is on Wisconsin on this one, but everything else, uh, motivation, intangibles, all that is definitely on the other side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. And the, the other game is the Rose Bowl. I mean, you, to have, you know, teams that at the beginning of the year couldn't have started probably further apart in expectation and uh, perception and all of that. And, you know, to to see where they are now um, after the start that USC had, the start that Penn State had for both of them to be where they are um, just is uh, is just absolutely um, incredible. Obviously, more on the Penn State side, but for USC as well, dropping three out of your first four and finding a way uh, to get into the Rose Bowl and and just 
exactly how how is this going to uh, how's this going to play out? Obviously, Penn State the, the the little bit of heartbreak, but I'll give James Franklin credit. Uh, you won't you know you won't hear me say that a lot, but I will give James Franklin credit on this is is the way that he handled himself on Sunday. You know, with ESPN on that special um, was one hundred percent as perfect as you can get it. Um, and, and, you know, how, how he's preparing this team and where they're at compared to where USC's at, uh, you know, that, that's going to be an absolute fun game, uh, to watch and watch it play out. So, um, obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about next week, uh, and, uh, give our predictions for all of these bowl games, all 147 of them. So, uh, get ready for, uh, for some fun next week, Dave, we're going to move into the second hour here. So yeah, Jim, real, real quick here, Jim, before ahead. we run away, um, what, what do you think your totals at without looking? I hope you didn't look because I want to see what you think on this. What do you think the total um, over under for the Penn State USC game is? If you haven't looked, at any I, ha- I have not. I'll be 100 percent honest. I have not looked uh, just off the top of my head. I'm going to say 52. 52. Yeah. It is 63 Okay. for, for Penn State USC. And I, I can tell you right now, we talked about it a little this week, but uh, this is a game that I will uh, most definitely be, in, be on the first half under on at some point and probably the full game under as well because this, this is a team that is going to run the ball against Penn State, drains the clock, and uh, this might be the best defense that Penn State has seen all season. So, um, definitely something that's going to slow down their offense. And, uh, I, I, I don't want to give my tick away, but I think you can guess where I'm leaning on this one. So, um, well, that gives, that's, that's, we'll what we, that's what we call a cliffhanger in the business. So they'll have to tune in next week to find out exactly who you pick and they need to stay tuned on the other side of the break. Dave, we're going to take that right now and, uh, we'll, we'll be back after we pay some bills here for NGSC Sports Huddle Up Podcast. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Back Huddle Up Podcast, NGSC Sports, NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Check out the site there. Also, all of the shows in the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app and search NGSC. You can podcast our show, Huddle Up with Jim and Dave, on iTunes and Android. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, you can get the uh, get the link to subscribe there. Make sure you do that if you're subscribed to us. 
on iTunes. Make sure that you rate and review us. Uh, we would appreciate that. Tell your friends to get them to like the page. Also, check out uh, our our uh, bowl pick'em pages again. The, the first bowl games are December the seventeenth, so we're only ten days away. Uh, and if you do that, you must be liking the Facebook page. There's some grand prizes there. Uh, and uh, if you join, we will uh, we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, as we're going to be in the uh, kind of the eleventh hour to get people uh, involved in our Yahoo Pick'em. But Dave, um, we uh, we were kind of wrapping up some thoughts there uh, with the with the college football. Uh, the only like kind of like newsy item I have from the NFL is something that I didn't get to talk to uh, talk about last week was this uh, my cleats my cause weekend. Of course, uh, the NFL has their uniforms. Uh, you, which include the shoe color. Uh, they kind of let that go for one week. Uh, now we will see the Titans and who was the other team on a bye last week? The Browns. The Titans and the Browns will be able to participate in it this week because of the terribly poor planning by the NFL um, and having it in a week where there were still buys. But uh, players able to wear any kind of cleat with a cause uh, on them. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool for one week, but uh, the only thing I'll say on this is I, I like the uniform. Uh, I like it to not really get uh, messed with. The obviously the pink October and the uh, get, gets a little out of hand. It's not as bad as it used to be, but uh, I like the uniform to be uniform. Uh, that's where I'll leave that. Uh, although kind of a cool thing for uh, for one week. Yeah, I have a, I have no real opinion on it. I, I could care less what cleats are wearing, in all honesty. But uh, I, I'm sure. Uh, you're, you're, you're making your, your your fellow buddy Rex Ryan feel good with all this focus on the feet in the NFL because we know how much he loves that. So um, that's all I have to say on that. But I, I could care less what the guys are wearing. I mean, come on now. This is this is nothing that's relevant at all to the performance on the field and the, the finding guys for it and everything. Who cares? Um, it's nothing worth the time putting up on media or anything. So um, for a good cause, though, I can't really argue with it. So uh, uh, definitely – Anything that's for a good cause, I can't complain too much about. Um, but uh, it's one of those uh, one, one of those things I look at and say, big deal. Um, so with that, Jimmy, I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, you you want to say the, the call-in number. You keep forgetting to bring that up. So uh, no wonder we're not getting any calls because you keep forgetting about it. Well, we have a call on the line that I'll get to in just a second. But uh, as I was going to get to before you rudely pointed it out in the nature that you did, 401 401- Three four seven zero six one three is the number to call in. You have to enter the pin two nine three one two. Again, that number four zero one three four seven zero six one three. Use pin two nine three one two. We have a caller. Uh, it is a seven one seven number. So let us know uh, who it is, where you're calling from tonight, and what's on your mind. Hey, Jim and Dave. This is uh, Jim from Lancaster County. Hey, Jim. Uh, welcome back to, to the show. Before. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, great. Hey, uh, just one to, uh, you know, I know you're a Cowboy fan and all, and uh, I'm sure you're enjoying life right now. But, I'm pretty uh, sure, I mean, we're on radio, but I'm pretty sure you can see my smile through the radio. It's <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't get much bigger when we're talking about the Cowboys Jim, right now. Jimmy, Jimmy, please please make sure you damper Big Jim's, Big Jim's smile here, because this is, this is getting too bright here. We're going to think we're having an eclipse or something. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I watch uh, I watch the Cowboys too. And uh, tell me, what happened? Uh, what happened last week with the Vikings? Um, a little uh, a little better effort, maybe on the road, but uh, I don't know. Dan Bradford happened, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I mean, maybe maybe still in Philly, they'd be having a better year. No, um, I, I look. At, I was actually a little bit nervous going into that game, and and the reason why is because uh, of how good the Vikings defense was. I was also excited to see the Cowboys kind of go into that environment. Uh, Minnesota is, you know, they have a loud, passionate fan base up there. They have a great defense. Um, you know, an, an offense that at, that at times can look good enough to get things done. Um, but you know, I, I was, I was happy to, I was actually happy to see the Cowboys struggle. Um, I have talked to people at work and I've, I've probably talked to some people on Twitter about it is, you know, I'm, I'm in this weird spot where, you know, I'm enjoying this week to week. The Cowboys are riding, uh, you know, 11 game, uh, winning streak, but I'm sitting here going, they have to lose at some point, right? Like I'm starting to get a little nervous. We're coming, you know, we only got four games left in the season. And, and, you know, I'm looking at you know, the Giants this weekend and then the Buccaneers, Lions and Eagles. And, you know, by, by the time you hit week 17, as things are progressing, they, they're probably, they might lose by default because they, they might not have anybody in the lineup that day. Uh, so it, it's, oh. it's a little nerve wracking for me because, <laughs> Uh, this is very uncharted territory. I was happy to see them struggle, though, and because I think, and I almost, I actually said on Twitter, I think uh, it would almost be beneficial to see them lose because I think you learn more in a loss than you do even in a close win. Uh, so, uh, see them struggle is good, um, and, and I just think you know, anytime you can, you can get into a matchup with a with a team that has a great defense because obviously the Cowboys are winning. Um, more because of their offense than they are their defense, as opposed to kind of the way like Denver did it and, and, and things like that last year. So, uh, you know, you, you get into these situations, you, you can take take stuff away from it. Um, I, I was I was actually relieved a little uh, to see them struggle. Uh, Dave, what are what's what's your take on what we saw out of Dallas a week ago? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean I was. Uh... I, I was pretty shocked that that number, and I go back to Vegas on everything, but I was pretty shocked that that number came out at three, three and a half. Uh, you, you had to know that the the amount of money that was going to be bet on Dallas uh, had to be astonishing. Five, six times the volume had to be on Dallas. Uh, so with that being said, I, I sit there and I look at that, and, I, and you have a number that doesn't make sense. It's Thursday night. Uh, you, you blindly go the other way, and you're going to be profitable throughout the year. So, I mean, something like that, I knew we were getting a close game. I don't want to say I know, but I would have been absolutely shocked if Minnesota didn't get to the to the window, to the through the door, uh, catching the three points. So I knew we were going to get a close game. Uh, it was an interesting standpoint because Dallas was uh, back-to-back Thursday, Thursday games, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, of course. But uh, I believe coming back-to-back Thursday games uh, for both Dallas and Minnesota, this made this kind of the – the um, out of the norm Thursday game to see this year, and I, 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 I will admittedly say I didn't watch most of the game, but the the little bit that I did caught, catch, um, I didn't think the quality of football was that much better from what we normally see on a Thursday night. So um, I was that was kind of the thing that uh, struck me as the most interesting. But uh, that could be something too that was based on how good the the defense was on the Minnesota side of ball. Um, we we know Minnesota has an inept offense. Um, but I would have, uh, I, I, I think that this, to me, that, and you, you know, I'm against Dallas solely for making you unhappy and miserable. Um, <laughs> but if, 
the 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 key to beating Dallas this year is stopping the run and putting the ball in uh, Dak's hands and seeing what happens. Um, I if I if I was playing Dallas in the playoffs and I held um, Elliott to 50, 60, 70 yards rushing and we lost, I go I go home happy. I, I'm not going to say happy that we lost, but um, you, you tip your cap to your you tip your cap to Dak and say thank you and well done type thing and you, you move on because I don't think um, I, I think that this team goes on Elliott and if he gets going I think the Cowboys are going to be darn tough to beat um, but if he if you're able to stop him uh, I, I don't know what you get because you, you really haven't seen a time where um, Elliott has been I don't want to say hold up but uh, slowed down substantially for the entire game and the, the all of the pressure has gone onto Dak, and he's had to perform. I mean, you've seen bits and pieces of it, but it's a lot different when you're you're faced the entire game with second and eight, second and eleven situations like that because you can't get the ground game going. So um, I'll be very interested to see if that situation arises this year. What Dak does, um, he's performed the he's performed so far this year, but uh, I don't know that he's had any extreme high stress situations for long periods of time. So. Um, there, there's my blabbering on and on, but, uh, also on that Jim squared. No, Hey, I totally agree. I think there's only one team, uh, Seattle is the only team in the NFC that can, uh, hang with Dallas. And it's cause of their defense. There, there's not another NFC defense. that's going to, going to shut down that, uh, Elliot Zeke. So, uh, I know the road's going through Dallas. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, to me, it's just it's Seattle, or, or they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Hmm. That is music to my ears, which, which is hard hard for me to say. <laughs> it's, it's really hard for me to say. No, I I, I, I I was talking to a coworker today about it, and and um, yeah, I think that that was the thing I said is it, it's it's Seattle's probably probably the roadblock in the NFC, uh, and my, my hope is that uh, the the first the well the I guess it'd be the divisional round uh, that. Seattle has their off week, and whoever is playing them beats them and just gets oh, them sure. just gets them out of the way. Uh, because I think Dallas um, is more consistent. Are they the better team um, or more talented? Whatever, what have you? Um, I think they're pretty even. But the the difference is Dallas has been the more consistent team. I mean, you'll see Seattle go. Um, you know, the Seattle go one week where they where they look great. Uh, like they scored five points in Tampa. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's what what team's going to show up that day? You just you you never know. So, um, you know the the fear is, and and I'll say this, and and you know as much fun as I'm having, and I'm kind of taking it week to week. You know, if the Cowboys don't at least get into the N- the the NFC Championship game, so yes, the Cowboys fail to win a playoff game. I look at everything that's ha- almost everything that's happened this year a- as a failure because I, I don't think. This has been kind of a fluke. I think the, the Cowboys are are doing a lot of things right, um, and they're the most consistent team in the league. And if, uh, if if you can't if you can't win at least one playoff game, I'm going to be yeah. uh, just absolutely gutted and, and disappointed. Um, then get the I, NFC title game, you- win the game, you know, get get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's exceeding any expectation I had. I think they walk into the NFC title game. You're going to get a bye and then a home game against, like, uh, you know, 
Green Bay or Atlanta or something like that. I mean, I, 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 I hope so. I, I, I'm not putting those carrots out there because, you know, Dave will cover them in ranch dressing and just gobble them down if the Cowboys can't. <laughs> Uh, the Cowboys can't win. So, uh, I don't, I don't want to make any sort of predictions like that. I'm just going to, uh, just continue to enjoy it week to week as I have been so far. It's been working that way for me so far. I I, I will say Jim and, uh, Jim, I think, I think that Atlanta team would be a very interesting matchup for Dallas. I don't want to talk about Atlanta. (laughs) <laughs> I, I agree fucking matt ryan bones us in a survivor <laughs> i wondered what that was about but when when dave posts that on facebook and is that mad about it i'm like i'm just gonna let him go i'm gonna, I'm gonna only, only dave could lose a thousand dollar survivor on a pick two dave lost his other entry in a survivor when the dickhead in new orleans banged the upright and then denver won <laughs> Man. But I, I do think that this uh, this Atlanta-Dallas game, if it happens, um, would be a very interesting game to watch. And Jim, as a Cowboys fan, this is the type of game that would scare me because um, the team that's going to beat Dallas is a team that can put points on the board. And the amount of offensive weapons that Atlanta has is really going to put the pressure on that sure. beat. And sure. the thing that's really going to um, – I don't want to say stress out um, – Dak, but the thing that's going to stress out Dak is he knows he's got to keep scoring. Um, so I don't know what type of matchup Atlanta would give them, but I think it would be a a very entertaining game to watch. Yeah, no, it it you know that that is the thing is is the Cowboys defense right now uh, total defense is ranked 18th. Uh, they have some injuries. They're going to be getting a, a, a guy or two back here uh, before the season starts or the, the postseason starts, um, you know, so so I think there's going to be a little bit of improvement. But but you're about a middle-of-the-road defense, and that's what you are. Uh, the key to success for Dallas this year has been their ability to control the clock and, and, and go on these long drives. The games they've gotten into trouble on this week, uh, Minnesota, the game against Philadelphia, uh, week one against the Giants. I think there was, there was one, uh, one or two other ones maybe that they got in trouble a little bit early, it's because they had a couple of three and outs, and you saw the defense start to get winded. Thankfully, they were able to uh, control that, and and in the second half, they were able to grind clock again, and and end up winning the game. But but that is that is a concern, and and that is a fair concern. Uh, is is if you if you can't do what you've been doing, uh, and you kind of have to change the game plan up, then you're going to find out. You know, I mean, Dak Prescott's had some some gut check moments, and you know he succeeded. I mean, even in games he struggled in when it mattered most, you know, late third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter to the end of the game, he's he's come through and he's succeeded. Even even that overtime game, um, which I'll leave it at that. I won't mention the team they were playing, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's you know they they've been able they've they've been able to. Um, They've been able to survive games where in years past maybe they, they shouldn't. So that is one thing that, that does at least um, calm my fears when it comes to the playoffs. But, no, Dave, Dave you're right. It's certainly a uh, a valid uh, valid point. Uh, Jim, any more thoughts or, or anything else tonight? Yeah, I just want to touch on one more thing. I'm sure. actually, you know, I'm a big Eagles fan. I'm, I'm really getting uh, sick of the negative uh comments, articles, Facebook posts about the Eagles season. I'm actually uh, 
I'm taking the other track. I'm I'm actually thrilled that we found a quarterback and uh, we have something to build on. I mean, you have you have no chance if you don't have a quarterback. So if that's all we get out of this season is six wins, but the fact that we uh, we found a quarterback, then then I'm okay. I mean, uh, there's no running backs, there's no receivers. Uh, I guess the three and zero start got everyone excited, but uh, realistically, I'm I'm totally fine with Carson Wentz. I'm I'm a big fan. I think he's a real deal. No, I think I think Wentz is fine. Um, you know, he's he's shown he can he can spread the field. He's shown he can, you know, throw the deep ball, throw the short pass, and 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 if the receivers do their job, you know, he he can move this team efficiently. You know, that that's obviously the big thing. They have a lot to address. Um, you know, I think there's some offensive line issues, but obviously running back and and wide receivers, my God, are are the absolute, um, you know, num- yeah. number one priority uh, for the Eagles in the off season. Um, you know, the, it has to be the worst set of receivers. In oh, the NFL. It, it, it I, I don't, I don't understand how. Um, you know, I mean, I understand guys kind of get the yips or, or go through these years where they struggle, but. I mean, it's the entire unit, and 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 it just seems like none of them can catch the ball. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know you could put Insta glue on these guys' hands, and they'd find a way to drop the ball. I, I, I it, it it does it makes no sense. I mean, I'm I'm kind of reveling in it because of who I like, but you know, I I, I sit there. I'm just I, I was at uh, you know Buddy's house watching the the Eagles game last Sunday, and I'm going, how in the how in the world. Do, do these guys drop some of these things? I mean, there's ones that I mean, it's as perfect of a ball that can be can, can be thrown, and they're yeah. still finding a way to uh, to, to drop to these. Watch. Um, so I mean, well, Jim, you know, the, the the clear answer on why they keep dropping it is, I mean, it's they, they spent the entire training camp and everything with Sam Bradford, and then all of a sudden they have an actual guy throwing a ball and not a uh, drone. <laughs> so. That hey. Hey, that girl fetched us a first-round pick, so I I can't complain. I can't complain. You might get uh, your your best hope is if you get like a Juju coming out from USC, or you get uh, DD Westbrook from Oklahoma, or another big-name wide receiver. Something like that would boost you uh, immediately. Uh, I mean, obviously you need some a little bit of line help too, but uh, this Eagles team isn't far off. It's going to be an interesting uh, interesting off season. They could be. Uh, they could be uh, giving some other uh, NFC East teams some trouble next year. Well, like I said, I'm excited, and uh, yeah, I just I'm just tired of reading about the, the negative stuff already. It's, uh, it won't yeah, be long. It's, welcome, it's, to, won't be long. welcome to following a Philly team. <laughs> yeah, it's overreaction. <laughs> I mean, seeing people saying that you know they need a coaching change, or you know that there's, there's there. I saw a tweet on Sunday. Uh, you know, a guy goes. I've lost any faith I ever had in Carson Wentz. I'm like, that guy's played. This oh, my his, gosh. I'm like, it's That's a 12th game, for God's sakes. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, I, I mean, I I can be upset, and you can be upset and stuff like that. That's fine. But, I mean, step back a little bit. The guy's playing his 12th game in the NFL. Just he wow. He's going to yeah, be that's, fine. That's uh, Peterson's going to be fine. Uh, I, I think the Eagles, like Dave said, they're going to they're gonna be just fine. Uh, you know, get through get through this year. You have four games left. Um, put it behind you, and and this team is a bright future, absolutely. With the defense they have, and and the quarterback, and the coaching, I, you know, the NFC East really is on a climb. Last year, it looked like an absolute dumpster fire. This year, you know, it looks like they're they're the, the division is rebuilding, and uh, sure. could, should be the premier sure. division in the NFL 
uh, again in the next couple of years. I think the, it, it's always fun on the outside when you're when you're laughing at Philly fans because I mean uh, all all Philly fans care about at the moment is that the Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup because they've reeled off what five or six in a row. <laughs> six, I mean, Dave. Make sure make sure you get it right, season. Dave. It's six. I heard a guy get very indignant today about the fact that it was six <laughs> games and not five. Do not take away our December Stanley Cup from us. Oh well, Christ! I mean, they just beat uh, they beat Yager last night. The, man, the old man could barely breathe after a ten, minute, or ten second shift. So, uh, but the mullet's still alive. So all is well in Philly. Uh, uh, it's tough being a Philly sports fan. You know that. You know this. It's, it's tough. <laughs> Hey, uh, Jim, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate okay. it. We appreciate the support, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again uh, in the next couple of weeks. Very good. Enjoy that Cowboys run while it lasts. Oh, I will. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Yep. The only kind of run Jim will enjoy. Oh, hell yeah. I ain't running unless I'm running towards a buffet, and then it, then it's just nature <laughs> taking over. Um, all right, Dave, let's look at uh, last week in the NFL, uh, even though you would like to avoid it. Um, I went... 10 and 5, so I'm overall 115 and 77. You went 8 and 7 last week for a 108 and 84 overall. So I'm holding a seven game lead with four games left in the regular season. I thought with the way you were picking, I thought I was going to be in a lot. I thought I, I thought I was going to lock up the season um last week. So you you're finding ways to just not you just won't go away. You're like a freaking gnat. Is what you are. So let's I'm glad uh, to be bugging you nonstop, my man. <laughs> let's look at this week's game starting with tomorrow night, of course, eight twenty five on NBC, uh streaming on Twitter, NFL network. Uh you have the Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs a three point home favorite. I am taking the Raiders on the road. I think this is gonna be one of the more fun games of the weekend. Um classic rivalry. Teams at the top of their division, both teams playing very well, uh, seemingly getting lucky at times, but hey, they're winning, and uh, this one's a battle for first place in that NFC West, so uh, I like the Raiders, though. I like them a lot. You like them a lot? Well, I don't like them at all, so uh, I am going with the Chiefs straight up in this one. This is kind of like the Thursday night game last week. Um, everyone's going to pound the Raiders in this one, catching the three and a half. And that's just going to um, – I, I think the Chiefs somehow win this game and Alex Smith has a uh, bright moment. Um, you know I'm not an Alex Smith fan, but uh, I'm also not a Raiders fan this year. I think they've overachieved uh, and are due, some, due for some correction here. Um, I do like this Chiefs team. I think they're finally getting healthy. Um, so I, I, I think that this one is uh, one that the Chiefs win pretty handily, and uh, I don't know that it's close, Jim. Uh, and by that I mean touchdown or more. All right, then we have moving to Sunday, 1 p.m., this one on CBS, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a two-point road favorite at the Buffalo Bills at New Era Field. Um, I like Pittsburgh in this one. I'm not a Pittsburgh guy. They've been up and down, but, uh, you know, they, they kind of have they, – they need to keep pace in their division, and I think that'll be motivation enough for them to do it. So I'm going to take the Steelers in a close one on the road. This is uh... – an interesting game because the the, cheat, the uh, Buffalo Bills were competitive last week and lost late. Um, so I really want to pull the trigger on Buffalo again, but it seems like every time I pick them, they lose. 
So, uh, oh, what the hell? I need to make up games. So I'll take the Bills. All right. So we start off with two games we differ on. Then we go to Indianapolis Lucas Oil Field. It is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. This one, a uh, a one o'clock game on CBS. The Colts, a six-point home favorite over the Texans uh, after a, a stomping of the uh, laughable New York Jets uh, on Monday Night Football. I think Indy's going to keep riding the momentum here. They're going to pick up the win at home. Um, Jim, I, I agree with you on this one that with Indianapolis, but the thing that's interesting about this one is the – the look-ahead line for this game was three before the Colts played on Monday night. So based on the Colts' performance versus the Jets, this line shifted three points. Um, that is a huge shift. Uh, you know my philosophy and the fact that you're never as good as the last game you played and you're never as bad as the last game that you played. So um, this is one of those games that I think there's a ton of value on the Texans from a betting perspective. Um, whether the Texans can get it done straight up or not, uh, I don't think they can, but, uh, I think this is a close divisional game here. Um, I, I don't know that the Texans can pull it out cause we know how I feel about their quarterback as well. I seem to hate their quarterback and, uh, we all know that I have a, uh, love affair with Andrew Luck. So, uh, th- this is an easy one for me to pick the Colts, but I do think it's going to be closer, uh, than most think it will be. All right. One o'clock the, on Fox, the Washington Redskins, Traveled to those Philadelphia Eagles that we were just talking about a minute ago. The Redskins, a one-point road favorite in this one. Uh, I think this one's Washington easy. Uh, they're, they're playing pretty well. Uh, they still have a pulse uh, as it pertains to the wild card. Uh, the Eagles are just limping their way to the finish line. I like the Redskins to win and win pretty convincingly. Jim, I, I, I agree with you earlier in this week, and so I talked to our uh, our caller there, Jim, at Bowling this week. He said, there's absolutely no way Philadelphia wins this game. The fourth time he's told me that this year. Previous three times were Minnesota at home, Philadelphia, or not, uh, Minnesota at home, Pittsburgh at home, and Atlanta. I believe that the Eagles won all three of those games. Uh, this is a home divisional game, uh, and again, Philadelphia has heard nothing but oh, my God, this team's shit, they're done, yada, yada, yada the past couple of weeks. This is a statement game for Philadelphia. Philadelphia comes out and wins this game. All right, fair enough. We got that one. Uh, then we have Denver at Tennessee. This one also at 1 o'clock. This one on CBS. We have the Tennessee Titans as a one-point home favorite. I can't. I went back and forth on this one. Uh, and, you know, th- there's questions about – uh, Trevor Simeon and his health again this is if you're not listening to us live this is Wednesday night um, so as of right now it, it I think it appears that Simeon might be out again so the uh, the Broncos would have to go with Paxton Lynch um, you know if that's the case then to me it, it, it almost is kind of a slam dunk to Tennessee but uh, but I kept going back and forth on this one my official pick though is the Tennessee Titans at home Good pick, Jim. You got one right, finally. Um, I, I think that this is one that Tennessee wins pretty handily, with or without Simeon, uh, for Denver, that is, of course. Um, Denver's weakness this year is uh, getting exposed running the ball up the middle. Um, I think this is something that Tennessee can exploit, uh, not only with the running backs, but I think Mariota will have a couple nice uh, scampers as well. So 
Um, I, I'm on board with Tennessee. I think Tennessee might win this game by a touchdown or more, though, because they're at home uh, coming off a bye. And as you touched on earlier, Jim, they're going to get a boost from those extra sexy cleats that they'll have on. <laughs> well, like uh, the reason I had so much trouble is because, like you said, it doesn't matter what footwear they are wearing. Uh, Arizona at Miami, 1 o'clock on Fox at Hard Rock Stadium, Miami, Florida. One-point favorite for those home dolphins. Again, another one. I, this, this is what this is a really a week where as I was going down through the list, whether it's two teams that are decent or two teams that are shitty and you just don't know which shitty team is, is going to find their ass from a hole in the ground this week. Um, this one is one of two teams that, you know, one week seemed great. Another week seemed just completely lost. Um, kind of just going on the when in doubt, pick the home team theory is why I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. That's that's sound logic um, for an idiot, I guess. But we'll go with it. <laughs> well, thank uh, you. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Arizona because you took Miami, so much more sound logic. Um, no, my, my my rationale behind this is I think that this is a uh, there's been some rumors coming out of Arizona that uh, Bruce's job's potentially in uh, jeopardy. Uh, I think this is a team that really likes playing for him and uh, is going to rally around him. Uh, the team has been banged up a little bit all year, uh, so I think that hurts them. Uh, but I think this is another one that's starting to – I don't want to say starting to come around, but uh, I, I think that this is a team that uh, still has some fight left in them and uh, is going to get off the bus and give uh, Miami a run for their money down in uh, South Florida. All right. So I'm taking Arizona if I didn't make that clear. All right. Yes, you did. Uh, thank you for that. Minnesota at Jacksonville, 1 o'clock on Fox from Everbank Field. Uh, I'm taking the Vikings, who are a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, I I mean, that defense, I know it does take a hit. Harrison Smith looks like he is out uh, for the year with a, uh, with a lower body injury. Um, but I just think, um, you know, Jacksonville just is – is not very good. Uh, I'll let you get your weekly uh, reminder that I picked them to win the AFC South in there, so you can do that when you make your pick. Uh, but I have the Vikings winning on the road. It doesn't. It doesn't give me as good of a jab when you beat me to it. So I'm sorry. For that, I'm but, sorry. Uh, I'll let you have it next uh, week. You'll forget about it and beat me to it again. <laughs> Probably. Um, so I, this is uh, this is probably the least interesting game of the week for me. I could care less about this game. Uh, I I am sold on Sam Bradford. I feel like Jacksonville has lost a number of games in a row, and I feel like they have to win at some point. But whether they beat Minnesota or not. I don't know, so uh, I'm going to take Minnesota, but I could care less on this one. All right, so in a, in a battle of who gives a damn, we both pick the same. San Diego at the Carolina Panthers. How are those Panthers doing this year, Dave? I'll just let it go. One and a half point. Phenomenal. Four weeks from being on the golf course. One and a half point favorite for those home Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, I like the Chargers on the road, even though it uh, being a one o'clock start, that West Coast team sometimes has trouble getting off the bus. Um, you know, Carolina, man, just uh, lots of trouble there this year between, uh, you know, just the play on the field. There's some injuries and then 
Um, you know, the, the quarterback shenanigans from last week, it just, there's a lot of things going on down there. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take San Diego. You know, one thing I will say about the quarterback shenanigans last week is I give Ron Rivera a lot of credit Yes, for benching Cam. But for the sheer fact that you benched him for the first drive, which turned into one play, who gives a damn? <laughs> so I'm taking Carolina because I'm a fan through the thick and thin, and I got to give you a gift game uh, every week. Um, side note, if we if we took out the Dallas games and the Carolina games this year, I think I pick Carolina almost every week and against Dallas almost every week. Yeah, you're right. Hey, we we actually would be a lot closer because I mean, there's, I think there there was maybe one or two weeks that that I mean, I'd have to kind of really go back and look at them, but where you you did pick Dallas, um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten obviously week one, um, you know, I I, I picked Dallas and lost, but ever since then. That's uh, that's a you know probably a good eight or nine more wins that I have that uh, that you don't and and that would make the difference. Uh, uh, but again, with the Panthers too, it'd be interesting. I I, I don't just pick against them, uh, you know, just to piss you off. I pick against them because they stink. Speaking of teams that stink, one o'clock on CBS, the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of their big time win over the Philadelphia Eagles. I say that sarcastically. Uh, playing the coming off the bye week, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati, a five and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm picking Cincinnati, even though part of me, I did almost pick Cleveland because kind of to your theory with Jacksonville, at some point they have to win, right? Uh, but I, I don't think they get it done this week. I'm sorry, Cleveland, you remain, uh, winless Cincinnati with the win. I'm sorry, Cleveland. You're finally winning a game. That's it. I hate Ohio, so continue on. You are you're picking the Browns. That's what I said. Give me the third. All right, I will leave it at that one. Chicago at Detroit. Detroit an eight point road or no eight point home favorite. My my bad. One o'clock CBS from Ford Field. Um. I have Detroit. I think, you know, Chicago is just bad, bad, all kinds of bad. Detroit trying to uh, keep a hold of that number one spot in the NFC North. So uh, go Lions in this one. Yeah, go Lions. I got that uh, 150 to 1 Super Bowl ticket on the Lions uh, before we picked them to upset Minnesota. So uh, go Lions in this one. And uh, the Bears, the Bears ain't getting it done this week. And in the game that gets to uh, transition you from the 1 o'clock games to the 425 games, the New York Jets travel to Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. This one on CBS. Wow, is this one going to suck. Two and a half point home favorite for the 49ers. I have them winning because the Jets are absolutely that bad. End of story. Wow. Um, I, and another one that I could care less on, but uh, I think the, the, the Jets are going to take the cross-country tip, the cross-country trip and uh, rally around those security guards to tackle the crap out of those two guys on the field during the game. That was the highlight of the game, by the way. And, That's the highlight uh, of their the season. The Jets are going to – say what? That was the highlight of their season. 
wasn't going to go that far, but uh, oh, I will. They're going to have one more highlight, and they're going to beat Kaepernick if he's playing or whatever the heck he's doing, because that had to be the worst stat line I've ever seen on a quarterback. Oh last my week. god! Four total yards, five total yards, something like that. They have more uh, penalty yards or penalties in the first quarter than Kaepernick had yards for the game. Yeah, so, just... in his defense, he didn't play the whole game, I believe, but. Uh, Ugly. That was ugly. Horrendous. Oh my God, horrendous! All right, uh, I'll take the Jets. I'll take the Jets over Kaepernick any day of the week, even though the Jets have that shit's Patrick for a quarterback. I'm hoping <laughs> he trips. No, it's the, the it's the Bryce Pe- it's the Bryce Petty show now. Oh, that's petty ugly. Ooh, ooh, I like your puns, sir. You you speak to that me. Was a, that was a terrible pun. <laughs> it's they're like pizza, good or bad. They're like pizza. They're great. Uh, Seattle at Green Bay, uh, Seattle, a three point road favorite four twenty five on Fox at Lambeau field. I do like Seattle in this one. I think they, uh, you know, they're, they're coming off the win versus, uh, the versus the Panthers. And, um, even on the road, I think they're, they're going to pick up the win. I think Green Bay is just struggling to find any sort of identity right now. This is one that I think is going to be very interesting to see how Seattle re- reacts with uh, Earl Thomas being hurt again. I believe he went down versus the Seattle game, um, and he is an extreme key to their defense. Uh, so I think this is one that, that could get very interesting. Uh, I think this is a potential playoff matchup here. Um, wild card week one, it could be a, a matchup here where, where uh, Green Bay is traveling to Seattle um, for the first playoff game. Uh, I think Green Bay finds a way to win this game somehow. I, I I am still not sold on Seattle this year. I still wasn't sold on them last year. Um, I, I I think this Green Bay team is fighting for their lives, and they're going to somehow find a way to win an ugly one this week. So uh, I, I am taking uh, a discount double check to get it done over your favorite football coach and the future coach of your Dallas Cowboys, Pete Carroll. <laughs> Why would Pete Carroll – never mind. I'm not getting into it. Um, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, two and a half point home favorite. This one is on Fox. Uh, man, if this one was in New Orleans, I would without a doubt go New Orleans. Uh, but with it being in Tampa Bay, that team has, has absolute hopes, not only for playoffs, but for a division title on the line. And, uh, so I'm going to take the home team in this one and go with the Buccaneers. I'm taking the uh, the Saints. Uh, I think you're going to have a pissed off Drew Brees. It's the first time he hasn't thrown him for a touchdown pass in 50 some games or something like that. Um, last week, uh, I think you're going to tick off Drew Brees. Tampa Bay's won a couple big games in a row. Um, I think it's a, a potential letdown spot for Tampa Bay here. Um, and then I think this is one where uh, where Drew Brees is going to come through in the clutch and get me that win in a game closer to you. Fair enough, fair enough. And then the last of the 425 games, you have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Uh, This one on Fox. The Falcons are a six-point road favorite. I like that. I think this Rams team is well on their way to another high draft pick. Uh, So Falcons pick up the win on the West Coast. This is one that has potential to be very – Interesting. I, I use that term a lot in this game or this week. It seems like, uh, but it, it, the Rams have had a pretty top tier D most of the year, and Atlanta has been 
struggling of late moving the ball and hurting themselves. So if this were to happen again, in theory, uh, the Rams have a legitimate shot in this game, but I feel like that this is just one of those games that there's too much talent uh, on the, the Falcons here. So I am going to reluctantly agree with you and pick the Falcons. All right, fair enough. Then Sunday night at MetLife Stadium in the uh, at the Meadowlands, the Dallas Cowboys look to make it 12 in a row, taking on the New York Giants, 8.30 p.m. on NBC. Of course, I am taking my Cowboys without question. They have to avenge that week one loss when Terrence Williams, like a blunderhead, didn't get out of bounds and give Dan Bailey the chance to kick. I'm taking the Giants. Uh, I don't think they win this game, but I'm keeping up my streak of not picking the damn Cowboys. So, uh, go e <laughs> All right, good luck with that. And then Monday night, it should be, a, I think, an absolute uh, great game in New England. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, to take on the New England Patriots, who are a seven-point favorite. I think that number might be a little bit big, especially uh, with Brady banged up. I am picking New England, uh, but uh, I would not be shocked to see Baltimore get out of there with a win. This one may be the most fun game of the weekend, and uh, the NFL should be applauding because they finally get a good Monday night game. It only took them, what, 14 weeks to do it. Uh, So uh, New England over Baltimore, but in a fun, close matchup. You know, Jim, if this was not a Monday night game, I would say one of my absolute favorite phrases to say in the NFL, and that's, fuck the points, give me the Ravens straight up. But with this being a Monday night game, I have a feeling that for some reason that Roger Ball is going to want the Patriots to win this game. Um, I think Roger, is, although the same, the same theory, Roger did let the, uh, the Seahawks come into – New England and win that game. So um, I, I don't know. I really like this Ravens defense. Um, I think this is one of the top two or three defenses in the league. Um, I, I, I think that they are going to completely shut down the run, and they have Jimmy Smith back at the corner position. So that's a huge addition for them. Uh, I, I, I think that they are going to completely put this game in Brady's hands, and I don't know that he's up for it. Uh, health-wise, he's he's not nearly as healthy as he seems. Uh, but at the same time, this New England D is vastly underrated. Um, so can elite quarterback Joe Flacco uh, do enough to get into the best field goal kicker Justin Tucker's range? Um, I don't know if he can or can't, but uh, I'm taking him because I hate Tom. If there's, if there's one person I hate in the NFL, it's Tom Brady. So any chance I can make a case to pick against him, I'm doing it. So – uh, hope you enjoy your deflated balls, Tom Brady, because you're losing. All right, so the games that we agree on, because that is going to be easier uh, or take less time. Uh, we agree on Indy over Houston. We agree on Tennessee over Denver. We agree Minnesota over Jacksonville. Detroit over Chicago. And we agree Atlanta over the Rams. So that leaves us with uh, with was it, 11 games that we disagree on this week. Uh, so once again, there, there's a there's potential um, either for you to uh, get back in this thing and, and to even take a lead, or there's a chance for me to pretty much put this one on ice. So um, we will uh, we will recap all of that next week. We'll talk about uh, the college football bowl games, all uh, 948 of them, 
uh, and we will preview. We will give our predictions for each and every one uh, next week. Dave, uh, anything else to add? Uh, if not, let people know where they can follow you on Twitter, and then we're going to close this thing out. Hey, Jim, it's, uh, it's going to be a, I don't want to say sad week, but uh, there, there's very little college football to watch. You know, I'm a huge college football guy, so uh, that, that makes for a tough weekend for me, um, especially considering I could care less about a lot of the NFL, given that uh, my Panthers are laying a giant egg right now. Um, so I think it is something that's not, it's going to be a, uh, I don't want to say a weekend off, but it's going to be a lighter football weekend for me, um, considering that I will watch uh, as many of the 900 and some bowl games that you uh, you said. So um, this is going to be a relax and recoup weekend for me. Um, so I, I got to get ready for the bowl games as they kick off in a, in a couple days uh, after the weekend. So um, thanks, everyone, for calling in. Thanks for Jim calling in. Uh, we appreciate it listening along. Um, we'll, uh, we'll be back at you next week with uh, some college bowls and uh, – don't forget about the, the bowl pick that's on our uh, Facebook page and on the uh, Yahoo where you get to have a chance to co-host a show with us. So that'll be uh, – that's, that's the real grand prize in winning. Oh, abs- um, but, absolutely. Uh, getting, getting the opportunity to tell us that we suck. <laughs> that, that's, that's, well, I mean, I'm planning on winning the bowl pick so I'm going to co-host a show with me and kick you off. So it'll be phenomenal. Oh, is that how if it's going to work? Bowl, if I win the bowl pick I'm controlling the show for one day. Oh dear Lord, Lord help us all. So somebody has to somebody has to step up to the plate, and uh, and 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 try and uh, knock Dave off the pedestal. And I'm going to try and do the same. Dave, let people know where they can get you on Twitter, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we're at uh, at uh, D Gerhart zero two four. Um, that's D G E R H A R T zero two four, and. Uh, don't forget to join in that bowl pick'em because uh, you don't want me to control the, uh, the the mic for a day. And if it's uh, just Jim and I, I got a pretty good chance as uh, the college season has uh, shown us. So um, we'll, we'll uh, talk to everyone next week, and uh, we appreciate your continued support and uh, dedication to our show. All right, buddy. Have a good one, and uh, take her easy, all right? You too, sir. All right, so we're going to close this thing out, everybody. And we, again, thank you to Jim for calling in. We thank you to each and every person that listens to the show each and every week here, whether you're live on NGSC Sports or listening to the on-demand version of us. We appreciate Huddle Up Podcast. Again, visit NGSCSports.com where we never stop. Check out the homepage. Check out all the shows across the NGSC Sports Radio Network. Uh, tune in, iHeartRadio, Spreaker by Search NGSC. Podcast our show. We can subscribe. iTunes or Android. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. Go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Make sure you like that page. You can go over to our Yahoo Pick'em. Get yourself signed up. If you like the page and win the picks, then you get to co-host the show. I even think we'll throw in a gift card to uh, somewhere. Maybe get something to eat or something like that. But hey, you got to like the page and join the Pick'em. I am on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. We thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week here on the Huddle Up Podcast. And until then, go for the win.
Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.